Love what you hear? Be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, and even our D&D adventure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back, everyone, to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And today we have a pretty cool episode. It's actually our third bonus episode. So today we're looking at canceled Halo projects. What could have been, what might have been, what possibly should have been. What could still be, by all means. Some of these still could see the light of day one day. Yeah, we'll see. So we're going to you know, check out not only the games, but a movie and a couple other just different facets that just never ended up seeing the day of light, whether it's financial, whether it's because of the creative team, just kind of see what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's start with a general summary of all the Halo games. So since 2001, the Halo franchise has seen, including anniversary editions, 14 games from eight studios over the course of 19 years. The franchise has sold over 46 million total Halo games worldwide, making over $5 billion in sales, and $3 billion were just from the video games alone. The rest is, let's say, Book, a- a- literally books, anything else. Yeah, anything books, else, comics, Any other shirts. spin-ins, spin-offs, spin-ins, mm-hmm. spin-arounds they had. As of right now, the 15th game, Halo Infinite, is in development, and 343 Industries has stated that more games will come from the franchise after Infinite. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities. You know, we had that that bonus episode recently about Halo games we wanted to see. And some of these games that we will be talking about, Bungie and 343 have stated, you know, they were open to some of these ideas. And I think the sales and reception of Infinite will really dictate mm-hmm. where that will go. I yeah. guarantee there's already stuff in the pipeline. You know, unfortunately, like Halo, th- or, uh, excuse me, Halo Wars 3 mm-hmm. is, is, as of right now, dead in water. Mm-hmm. But... Could that be revived if sales go up, if enough fans are kind of pushing towards it, or if, you know, there's some other tie-in with it? You know, time will tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to be talking about a handful of studios that were working on some of these projects and pitches. But before we go that far, let's talk about all the studios that have worked on Halo so far. So we have Bungie Studios, who did Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo Reach. Ensemble Studios did Halo Wars, 343 Industries has done Halo 4, Halo 5, and Halo Infinite. Vanguard Games did Halo Spartan Assault and Halo Spartan Strike. 
Mechanics and Raw Thrills did Halo Fireteam Raven. Creative Assembly did Halo Wars 2. And then Saber Interactive and Certain Affinity did Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary and Halo 2 Anniversary. And as just a little bit of a bonus, Blur Studios did the cinematics for Halo Wars, Halo 2 Anniversary, and Halo Wars 2. And we've brought it up in other episodes, but Blur is one of those studios that's been around what seems like forever in mm-hmm. my mind because they've worked on, they've had their hands in World of Warcraft and Halo. Plenty of other different studios have worked with them to create mm-hmm. some of the best cinematics out there. I mean, that, that's, I think, League of Legends as well. And it creates just such a compelling, beautiful movie like aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now let's get into the meat and potatoes of it. Let's go with all the canceled Halo projects and pitches that we know of that are public that have been confirmed. So we're going to start and end this with Peter Jackson, and we're going to first start with Halo Chronicles. So in 2005, Peter Jackson sought to start a video game studio, Wingna Interactive, which eventually led to a partnership with Bungie and Weta. For about a year, there were talks between Bungie and Wingna with mainly Paul Bertone and Joe Statton to figure out what the game was going to be. This was during the time that Bungie was trying to conceptualize whatever quote-unquote Halo 4 was going to be. This game was originally going to be part of the three-game contract that would free Bungie from Microsoft. And we covered that in our Halo 3 episode, so in case you're curious what we're talking about there, go listen to that. So the three games would be Halo 3, Halo Chronicles, and Halo 4, because still at the time it wasn't reached. They were still dabbling Mm -hmm. with the idea of Halo 4. Chronicles was announced at Xbox 2006 trade show by Jackson and Bungie. Peter Jackson was also announcing that he was going to be working on a different IP entirely with Bungie. Yeah, and and so we see with Paul Bertone, he was given artistic freedom for the game as the design lead. So it was decided that the main character wasn't going to be Master Chief, but rather an ordinary Marine. Mm -hmm. The Marine was supposedly going to come in contact with alien technology and slowly transform into a Promethean. Mm -hmm. The player wouldn't have any weapons. Instead, the player would be the weapon. Yeah. Staten would also be working with Wingnut's writing team to figure out the story since they had no experience with writing video games. Most of the concept for the game came from Staten himself. Paul Bertone had this to say about the combat, quote, You were able to switch into this completely different combat mode where the only way you could do damage was through a powerful melee attack. And you had two-handed weapons. One would push enemies away from you and the other stun them where they were. You also had a double jump and auto-aim long-distance dash that you could do from the air, end quote. Originally, the first five missions of Halo 3 were rebuilt to test the gameplay. Damian Isla and Paul Bertone worked on a kind of kung fu system that would have only a few enemies engage you at the time, even though if you were surrounded by, let's say, 10 or 20. Mm-hmm, kind of like the almost one or two at a time mm-hmm. mechanic like you saw in like Batman. Mm-hmm, yeah. Paul said that a lot of the mechanics and ideas would eventually make their way to ODST, though. Mm -hmm. That was one of many things that did make its way over to ODST. So, unfortunately, Wingnut and Bungie couldn't agree on a clear-cut direction to go with, and Wingnut pushing for the player to be a Promethean the whole time. So, from the beginning to the end, you were just this fucking missile. Yeah. Essentially, and you you were going to just be fighting Covenant vehicles in space. That was really it. Yeah, it's it's odd, and it's kind of like a Jackson game because it's kind of what like King Kong was. Yeah, I re- I, I remember you, playing that on PSP actually. Yeah, it was it was you kind of walked around a little bit, but then you just mostly fought. Yeah, like, that, that was, was that was pretty much it. So it was kind of neat, but that in and of itself was what the title was. So when you have something like this where you're completely changing up 
what you've kind of known so far to be it's almost like he had this game in, in mind and he's like i don't know just put halo on it yeah essentially i think i think that's or or you know like whatever joe had his ideas they were just like that's cool but not really mm-hmm. like get out of here with that while the ideas of the game were being finalized, Paul was only able to work on some prototypes for the game. So he basically just had to wait around while all these decisions were being made. So that was really what he was working on for a while. It was just, here's a concept. Now, what do I do? Yeah. But eventually, Microsoft would take control of Chronicles and say that they were going to work on it internally since a lot of things were up in the air. They're just like, we're going to work on this internally. And that's kind of one of those things like, we'll work on it internally aka we'll table it and if we get to it we get to it if we don't we don't well yeah because the development of the game would slowly fizzle out and no news of the game was announced until 2009 when it was officially shut down for good even though the plug had been pulled for about a year or so before fans were just getting anxious and kept asking so they're finally just like yeah nah the game's development would fall apart as soon as the plug was pulled for the halo movie as well which we'll talk about at the end of this episode Peter Jackson also stated that he didn't think the Xbox 360 would be able to implement his vision of a video game. Even though Bungie thought it would get them off the hook for that third game that they had to produce, mm-hmm. nah. Microsoft was still like, nope, you have to give us a third game. Like, just because this didn't happen, you signed a contract, so you yeah. have to give it to us. So that would then, you know, take the core team of Chronicles and they would shift their attention to ODST. And that about wraps up kind of our cycle that we saw with Chronicles. It mm-hmm. was a chronicle in of itself. Yeah. A little, little jokey joke there. <laughs> and that brings us over to a game we referenced a little bit in our Halo Wars episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was Titan, which was the MMO that was supposed to be brought to us by Ensemble Studios. Yep. And so Titan was a game that was being developed by Ensemble alongside Halo Wars as early as 2006. And was going to compete with Blizzard's World of Warcraft Pretty ballsy. I like it. Yeah. Ensemble wanted to stand out with this game. And instead of Microsoft pushing it to be a Halo title, it was Ensemble who made the decision to do so. So they were like, okay, you know, let's... You already forced it. We know it's going to come anyway. Yeah, we know it's going to come. So we might as well, instead of having to, quote unquote, just reskin everything, Mm -hmm. you know, let's just start now being a Halo title. Well, I'm not sure if that was actually the case. I know. I think they saw what Microsoft was going to do with Halo Wars and Mm -hmm. they agreed with that. So they said, okay... If we're going to do an MMO, let's at least use an IP that will sell it. And it makes sense. I mean, because you're, if you're trying to go against WoW, you got to have something backing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Ensemble had so much faith in this game that they were working on a new office that would develop the game and maintain it after launch, which makes sense. It's an MMO. Mm-hmm. You got to keep that going. Yeah. So three concept teams were set up to work on the MMO. And after about six weeks, two of the teams would stop working on their concepts, and one team would now invest more time in theirs, which was a 40-person team at the time. The art style was going to resemble that of Star Wars The Old Republic, which had been pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The game would also be a lot more action-oriented than WoW, so instead of, I assume, instead of a lot less clicking, you'd still be able to control a bit more aspect of your character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This game was going to implement cover systems in an area where any and all players could participate in public quests. So they were yeah. a little bit ahead of the time with kind of the cover system and trying to implement more openness and bringing a lot more players into the same yeah, thing. Yeah, because these concepts made it into later games. Mm-hmm. And I think some wind got out of it. This this is just me speculating, but some way, you know, some people heard about these concepts and implemented it into their own games, Gears essentially. Yeah, and even other MMOs, too. Yeah. So I think 
they were ahead of it, and I think you know possibly this game could have stood out. But regardless, blogger Michael Zenke was able to get his hands on some proof of concepts for the UI of the game. He would have this to say about it. Quote, the character pane shows a health bar or mana or scion as it's referenced in this title. The upper right icons are for basic character functions. The one on the far left would most likely be inventory represented by the outline of a man. There are many obvious tips of the hat here to World of Warcraft interface. Simplicity and streamlined play appear to be the object of the game. It's interesting to see so many strange icons on the hotbar. From the choice of abilities, it's easy to surmise that the game would have been some sort of melee slash magic brawler. Mm -hmm. The upper bar has some similarities with WoW UI modification, Titan panel, a favorite amongst players. Unfortunately, the project was shut down once Ensemble Studio was told of the news of the studio closing once Halo Wars would be complete. Which makes sense. Yeah, because we're <laughs> shutting you down. So it's pretty much everything else so, is going as well. Yeah, and that's when you know we talked about in Halo Wars, all those, all those employees working on Titan are then brought over to Halo Wars. Mm-hmm. So it was also believed by Ensemble that the changing of higher-ups at Microsoft weren't really sold on the idea of an MMO on um, PC because they're, you know, once again, they're focusing on a uh, uh, platform. Console. Console, yeah. They're, yeah. they're focusing on a console, so why are we putting focus on a PC? Plus, Microsoft was uh, looking to compete with the Wii. They mm-hmm. wanted a more broader audience, and this was around the time that they were developing the I think they were calling it Natal at the time, which is eventually the the what they eventually called the Connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know this game would also feature a multitude of classes, weapons, and vehicles. And I think finally the thing that really shut it down is that MMOs cost a lot more to develop than other games, especially it would have been probably the most expensive game coming out of Microsoft at the time. Well, because even if you do a subscription model, I mean, I think. Blizzard's come out and said World of Warcraft is the most expensive, one of the most expensive properties ever because of upkeep, because of constant servers and all those things. Like, you're still getting your 15 bucks a month from people. And I think it's really down to one of the only MMOs that can charge because mm-hmm. pretty much everyone else goes free to play. Like yeah. Elder Scrolls Online, which is supposed to be kind of like the WoW, not killer, but the WoW competitor, mm-hmm. is free online now. I think you still have to buy the game, but there's no subscription and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. And then also, you know, this game was going to feature a multitude of classes, weapons, and vehicles. Yeah. And and so starting with the classes, which I see kind of now, it's a big power disparage between them. You've got Marines, Power Armor, Spartan, Scion, Rogue, and Sentience. Interesting. Vehicles, you had a Runner Transport, which was Covenant, an Aardvark for the UNSC, a Grackle for the UNSC Motorcycle, which... Great bird. <laughs> a rhino, which is a UNSC air vehicle. Also a great bird, of course. Scorpion, well, like a lookalike. These vehicles scorpion. looked like what they were called. So the rhino had like a tusk on it. And the it, scorpion and had just a like tail. A, just like a rhino does. <laughs> the scorpion <laughs> in this game had a tail. I'm not going to say that this concept art was it's ugly. Goofy. It's goofy. But it was goofy ugly. It was like... It was like taking red versus blue commentary and be like, oh, it's like a puma. 
and yeah. like literally naming it that stuff. That's it's literally if the characters from Red vs. Blue designed an MMO. That's mm-hmm. what this would look like. Sounds about right. And for weapons, you had a hard light staff, so it's kind of bringing more into that that melee combat we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You had carbines, brute shots, plasma rifles from Forerunner Tech. Yeah, and there was also a lot of UNSC weapons, too. Yeah, this is just a couple of the extras thrown mm-hmm. in at the time. And then species, you had diggers with a Z, Jagmaw Sawtail. That's my name. You know, <laughs> they can call me Jagmaw Sawtail. You had the Covenant, the Flood, and Forerunners there as well. Characters would seem to also have their own abilities, kind of like you would have in any MMO, or the chance to learn and obtain special abilities. Mm-hmm. Concepts also showed that Tartarus was going to be a part of the game, making the MMO's timeline possible pre-Halo 2. Though, David Pottinger said, quote, the Covenant weren't quite the Covenant yet, end quote implying it could go back even before the official formation of the Covenant, so kind of each species on its own. Yeah, but then that kind of confuses me, because if you're going to have them all interacting, these species didn't know about each other until the, I, I think it's the Red of Union, a lore nerd's going to shoot me in the head for that, but whenever the the Sengshum and Zanghili first formed the Covenant, mm-hmm. They were then picking up the other species then and then. So unless you were just going to the specific world to talk to one species, I don't know. It's up in the air. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could change it to kind of have like, okay, so there's still worlds that are untouched with those beings on it. Possibly, Kind of, like, kind yeah. of similar to kind of what we see later on when we have more kind of defectors from the Covenant that are kind of starting their own worlds. Mm-hmm. Something like that might be interesting. But if you're going pre-Covenant, why do you have Spartans? Yeah. Why do you have a lot of this stuff in there when... Why, why do you have scions? What, what is any yeah, of this? Yeah, why are you having any of this in there when it's not even part of that yet? Yeah. All right. So, you know, wrapping that up, let's move on to now. This was never really a game that was being developed, but instead a pitch. So we had Halo DS. You so, know, you know the, the classic platform we all think of when we're thinking Halo. Yeah, exactly. So after the success of Halo 2, many studios were looking to capitalize on its success. Thus, many studios were, would start to work on their own take of a Halo game. In January 2007, IGN editor-in-chief Matt Kazamania had claimed that he had played a prototype for a Halo DS. Once he got pushback about its legitimacy, though, he would eventually post a video of him playing it, showing PvP on Halo 2 Zanzibar. This game was going to feature a single-player, multiplayer, and a model viewer, which... I'm still unsure what the hell model viewer is. I assume it was it's, before Forge. Well, I was gonna say I assume it's one of those kind of game modes you get that I never look at, but it's like you find collectibles and then you get like the 3D concept art and you can like turn it. Is oh, my best guess. Like, like or a trophy almost. Yeah. You can see how characters look. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Possibly. So the game would have stayed faithful to the core of Halo gameplay for the most part, and those who played it said that it truly felt like a Halo game. It was rumored that Halo DS was developed by N-Space, considering they developed GoldenEye DS, and even though it was faithful to Halo gameplay, people said that it looked and handled like 
GoldenEye DS. So there was some suspicion. So it's kind of like it. it kind of even could have just been like a port. Like they took a lot of what they already had for GoldenEye and reskinned and it. reskinned it and reapplied a lot of it to show a concept. Yeah, it, it was a pitch. Mm-hmm. Now you know, supposedly the Halo DS was pitched several times to Bungie, but they would never bite. And Bungie was quick to extinguish rumors that they themselves had created it. Though a major publisher, who again was rumored to be Endspace, was working on a deal to publish it with Microsoft because mm-hmm. Microsoft had hired this unknown studio to demo it and eventually it was canceled but Bungie would state that they were open to the idea so something Bungie was like oh we're not going to do this we don't want this but it's like you don't get to say that guys like I think they were trying to save face and trying to almost like have it appear that it was still their game but Mm -hmm. it wasn't because they're like no, you know, we didn't make it and we turned it down several times. It's like, well, Microsoft didn't and you know, that's your boss. And they're like, Oh well, actually, we're fully open to it. Yeah. But under our conditions. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly years before, a similar deal almost happened with a Halo game on the Game Boy Advance, but little to no details are known about this. Which I'm glad would, that, yeah. that would never happen. It would just be like a weird kind of platformy. Sh- it would be like a side scroller. It, w- it would have to be a side scroller or I some weird ugh. side scroller. Yeah, for sure. I c- what comes to mind is Wario Land Four. It would have been in vain of that. <laughs> yes, Wario Land Four, the classic Game Boy Advance game that comes to everyone's <laughs> mind when you think of it like that way. Perfect. So jumping ahead, kind of to modern day, uh, we're up to Halo Wars Three. Mm-hmm. Get yeah, another pitch that never that saw the light of day yeah and it makes sense because we already know that after a very short period of time they've already pulled support for halo wars 2 they're not really producing anything else for it so you know it was kind of like they're okay we made a second when we're done Mm -hmm. so shortly after halo wars 2 release creative assembly created a pitch to present to microsoft for halo wars 3 though the idea was rejected by microsoft they gave Creative Assembly's concept artist Brad Wright permission to post what he had created for Halo Wars 3 on his art station page. Makes sense. Like, he mm-hmm. has to, you know, advertise the work that he can do. Yeah. The main component of this was going to be a more strategic game since Halo Wars 2 failed to deliver many strategic options in its gameplay. From his concepts, the game was going to feature space battles, so it's a first, mm-hmm. along with the main home base being the customizable rooms of the ship. All ground forces would also be prepped in the home base. Yeah, so it was it, the, the main home base was like a ship mm-hmm. that was always kind of like leering over because they were going to have some ground battles too as well. So it was going to be both, you know, in the sky and on the ground. It, it was going to be interesting. It's a I cool think. concept. I like it. Mm-hmm. And eventually the concept art was removed by Microsoft and replaced with additional Halo Wars 2 concept art. Microsoft was never clear on why they did this. I kind of think it's because they didn't want to advertise Halo 3 or Halo Wars 3. Yeah. Or the, or the option of being space battles plus this mm-hmm. when it's like, no, 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 it's dead. Yeah, like, I think they're trying to kill the idea entirely. Yeah. It makes sense kind of why. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go on to see that Brad Wright had also created a pitch for Awakening the Nightmare that would feature Promethean Knights in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. He, he, I think he wanted them, if I'm correct, to almost like be able to change into different kind of enemies, but it, it never came to light. And I'm even surprised that Halo Wars got the two DLCs that it mm-hmm. did. But uh, like, I, I don't think this came to light because, you know, Microsoft, I don't think, has yet to release really any sales information about Halo Wars. 
Yeah, and, and I don't with, think it did hot. Even with Halo Wars 2, like the DLC, a lot of people believe that that was just gameplay already created. Mm-hmm. It was just another cash grab. Yeah, it, it was it was nothing new, and it didn't really tell much of a story. Other than that, the flutter back, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean 100% they're going to make their way to infinite. No, I, I don't think that's really going to be there or pushing hardcore canon towards it. I think it was just more like, oh... I think Maybe. it will be, but it's not a guarantee. No, I, I if they don't bring Flood back in Infinite, you're kind of dumb. I, that's what everyone's clamoring for in some way or another, mm-hmm. whether it's the main kind of protagonist being that you're dealing with or whether it's just a subset that you have to kind of go along with. Mm-hmm. Or I want to be a big Flood pod. Mm-hmm. What, the ones that just fall over and die? Yeah. That's it? It'll be a carrier. That's it? You just want a game where you play as that? Yeah, I want, like, Left 4 Dead, but, yeah, it'd be, like, Boomer. <laughs> it'd be, like, Left 4 Dead characters. I want to be a big old flood pod. <laughs> All right, so moving on, let's talk about a project that was so close. So close. To coming, to or, you know, to becoming a real full-fledged game in Russia. So, <laughs> so Microsoft was looking to compete with Call of Duty Online, which was released to the Chinese market in 2013. Thus, they looked to copy the formula. In March of 2015, a closed alpha and beta would take hold in Russia for Halo Online, though this wouldn't stop U.S. modders from making their way into the beta, but then later getting kicked out. So Halo Online was going to be a free-to-play game for the Russian market funded with microtransactions like COD Online. It was going to be developed by 343 Industries and a Russian studio Innova Systems along with Saber Interactive. Mm-hmm. Now this game was specifically built from the ground up for PC, though it was going to utilize Halo 3's engines, graphics, multiplayer maps, and then they're going to throw in some extra stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to have microtransactions, you got to have other things with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they absolutely did. So this game was going to feature its own canonical story, and I think in the same vein that the first Titanfall had a story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like a, a tag-along mm-hmm. that's almost like a big tutorial. Yeah, because it, this game was going to take place shortly after Halo 3 on the planet Anvil. So Spartans and Elites would come together and train in a war game simulation, kind of that lore that they had established for Halo 4 and 5, mm-hmm. because for some reason we have to make multiplayer lore as well. We yeah. can't just have that separated Everything has to be lore. Whatever. The main menu is lore. <laughs> it's what you see when you take a shit in the Halo universe. Yeah, well, who knows? It's lore. It's lore. So the game was also going to feature customizable weapons and vehicles from the Covenant and the UNSC, along with 60 armor sets reminiscent of Halo 4 and 5's armor sets, most of which were originally created for this game. So Very cool. Hey, no, they were ugly. You, okay, you so can look cool. them up. It's still cool that They're it's like so, custom made. That's what I mean. Like so ugly. It's custom. I like it. I love ugly. <laughs> yeah. And the game was supposed to be released in 2017, but around August of 2016, according to Saber Interactive, the game was coming across some serious bugs, halting a lot of the progress, though shortly after this announcement, the story trailer was released. Most thought the game was still on track to be released because obviously they're still going along with the marketing, kind of PR mm-hmm. stuff of it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it was announced that the project was canceled after Microsoft failed to make any decisions on the game for six months. Mm-hmm. Microsoft would, however, state that they were going to use information from the alphas and betas for upcoming PC projects, though never specified the exact projects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, li- 
living in a strange time now that we have a bunch of Halo PC projects coming to light. Yeah, very interesting with it. Mm -hmm. And the mod team El Dorito would eventually get their hands on Halo Online and make a mod that would change the way the Halo community looked at Halo on PC, getting the ball rolling for MCC coming to the personal computer. Yeah, that was our, our second episode we ever did, and I'm, I'm still convinced that that was a huge push for it. I want to say that maybe... That we did it? No, no, that... Uh, we did it, guys. Yeah. We brought you MCC to PC. No, that that it was the uh, El Dorito team and what they did with that, because... Jesse and Alex. <laughs> because I think it was more so, I think, that they were going to use that for maybe when they ported Halo 5 Forge and custom games over mm-hmm. to Halo, or over to PC along with Infinite, but with with the community just losing their mind over El Dorito, I think that's what really pushed for us getting MCC to PC. Sure. And stream and all that good stuff. Makes sense. So now let's move on to one that's that's very interesting and out of the norm, but very fascinating to me. So Megablocks, now known as Mega Constructs, acquired the licensing rights to Halo in 2009 and over the course of 10 years have released over 320 sets. These sets including battle and hero packs along with individual mm-hmm. minifigures and then overall just sets anywhere from 12 pieces to a thousand to a lot of them yeah which for something like that like you would never see lego lego nerd me is coming out you will never see lego put out that many sets for something like maybe over the course of 20 years they've done that for star wars yeah, or, but yeah. I don't even think it's that many. Mm-mm. Like Megablocks has been shitting these out since day one, and they've covered everything from from Combat Evolved stuff all the way to Halo Five. They've covered all the art styles. It doesn't matter; they do it. Yeah. So in the early 2010s, N Space would start production on a Halo Megablocks game known as Hagar on the Unreal Engine Three. So N Space coming back once again which I think kind of further cements that they did work on that Halo DS because mm-hmm. Microsoft had that relationship with them. So this was going to be a third-person shooter that would follow the formula of the popular Lego games that came out before it, such as Lego Star Wars and we said... Uh, Indiana Jones. I mean, and even like coming up more, like Lego Marvel, mo- Marvel all the Marvel mm-hmm. stuff, Lego movie stuff, Harry Potter, any kind of big property that they could kind of get their hands on and make several of them. Mm-hmm. And they're great games. Yeah, it seems like you know, the graphics are toned down, they're cartoony. Well, so and, it, and that's what makes it, it makes it Lego-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because this was going to be a more child-friendly version of a Halo game for, you know, the the universe at the time. So the campaign would have the player as a Megablock Spartan fighting against the Covenant. It would also feature co-op campaign abilities and a besieged mode in vein of firefight where the player would build turrets and defend a base because that was cool you could you could build up stuff and take stuff apart so and then yeah, it, to, to make it mega bloxy mm-hmm, yeah and even the point that they had some kind of firefight mode so let that sink in that I guess a Mega Bloks game was going to have co-op and a real firefight mode versus Halo well, 5. Well, probably more of a tower defense but still. But still. Awesome. Probably better than Warzone. But. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the game would also blend both Bungie and 343's art styles, keeping the Halo 4 and 5 Master Chief, but the Covenant would take on more of Bungie's design. So vehicles would also have been featured in this game, and one could even customize them. So unfortunately, this game was, however, scrapped in 2013. Though it was never clear as to be 
why this happened. Many speculate that it was due to the fact that the game release was supposed to be on the Xbox One that year, and they didn't want to put any more resources in a game that was exclusively on the 360. Yeah, like, so... Like, to kind of, like, upgrade it and, and bump it up. Well, I, I don't think there was any plans for it to be on the One. I think it was just going to come out on the 360, and they and were the, like... The One was so close, so yeah, it's like... Yeah, they were like, well, we're not going to do a game that's... We're not ex- FIFA. We're not Madden. We're not putting an old system. Yeah, like, we're not going to do something that's exclusive to the 360 the same year the Xbox One is coming out. It's like, you're fucking silly. Crazy. Well, especially for, like, a Halo slash Microsoft title. Yeah. That's coming out. Yeah. Kind of silly. But in the same year that it was scrapped, Andrew Borman of... P2P online would anonymously receive a prototype build of the game and would post it on YouTube. So obviously someone pretty disgruntled about it was like, send it to that guy. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like a fun game. Like watching it, it just, it's one of those games that looks almost mindless, but just super fun at the same time. Super campy. And that's what people want because everyone's like, no one would want that. And then now you have Pops coming out with Gears of War. Mm-hmm. And doing basically that same thing. Mm-hmm. So why not, even if it was a lower grade, like why not port it over to the one, make a couple sales out of it, and just be like, oh, this is a test for like other properties that could then jump into any other Microsoft property. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Either way, Bonnie Ross would then release a statement about the game's leak saying, quote, over the past few days, footage has recently made the rounds of an exploratory Xbox 360 project we worked on several years ago known as Hagger. Since then, we've received a lot of great feedback from the community. Hagger was something we prototyped with our friends at Megablocks that focused on the elements of action, exploration, and user creativity found within the Halo universe. Hagger had a lot of fun ideas and invention behind it, but ultimately didn't progress beyond the early prototyping levels that are shown in the recent video. This is just one example of several similar projects we have evaluated throughout the years, a process that we continue exploring on an ongoing basis, end quote. Brian Gerard would also state that the possibility of a similar game, or even this game, could potentially happen in the future, a la Pops. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this was more than just a prototype. Like, if you see the gameplay, it's... It's an advanced alpha. Yeah, it's pretty locked down. And Mm -hmm. I know that there were at least two campaign missions made for it. One was completely done and one was still one was still for sure prototyped. But I mean, I think I think it was mainly because of the fact that they that the Xbox one was coming out. And again, this is kind of one of those things. It's like, ah, we're not going to do it. It's like, well, Microsoft said no. So they're going to take that kind of campy style elsewhere eventually. Mm -hmm. And why not try and compete? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. using your own properties to try and combat Lego because that can pull in other stuff for you. Yeah. If Lego turns down, you know, Jumanji. All right, now it's Jumanji on Mega Blocks. Like, like mm-hmm. you can kind of check that. So it's kind of it's kind of odd. I get why, like you said, you didn't want to release in the 360 because the one's coming out and you haven't really written anything for the one on it. But still, it's it's kind of an odd move well, in my Meg- opinion. Megablocks also has a Destiny deal and a Call of Duty mm-hmm. deal. They have first person shooter deals out the ass. Like I don't get why they haven't tried anything else yet. Why it was just Halo. Maybe they signed a clause saying you can only do a Halo game if you're gonna do one. I I don't know. But either way, they have a lot of stuff that they could work with if they truly wanted to push this. Yeah. So I mean, will we see that in the future? Mm, no. 
<laughs> will we see? Will we see this Gears of War pops game fail? Mm, yes. Yes, absolutely. So let's move on to the final piece on our list. I thought this one was so interesting and fascinating that I wanted to, to keep it last. So let's talk about the Halo movie. So at the same time that Halo Chronicles was being worked on, Peter Jackson was also working on a Halo movie. Peter was looking to finally merge movies and video games into an experience that he said would be like none other, stating that he's been working closely with Bungie to make technical system for the movie. This was another thing that Joe had a huge hand in when it came to writing. One thing he insisted on was that the movie was going to star Master Chief, which would not be a problem for Peter Jackson. Because, I mean, why would they have a movie that wouldn't start, like, at least a, a big Hollywood movie? Yeah, and it makes sense. Like, you need to have someone as a center point. you got to get mm-hmm. a big actor, big face to not be shown, mm-hmm. but to, like, have the voice behind it and, and kind of have all those aspects of it was pretty big. Yeah. So now let's talk about the roadblocks that they were running into very early on, which was Microsoft was being very selective about who they would let bid on the Halo project, eyeing mainly Fox, Paramount, and Universal. Clearly not Sony. Yeah. So Sony's going to be the last person that they want messing with their shit. So Microsoft had a lot of stipulations, too, like uh, over the production and the actors. But in Hollywood, it's not always that easy. Like they thought that they were going to get this much bigger say than than what they would. And all these studios were like, no, that's not how it works. Like, though, that that's not how it works. You know, these just because it's your IP, that doesn't mean you really get a say in who the actor is and and whatnot. Yeah, it goes through many facets. Yeah, and Microsoft would also give studios only 24 hours once they were sent a script to come back with a bid. So they're like, okay, read this whole script, now figure out the logistics, figure out the financials, and that will be in 24 hours. You, you don't have <laughs> you don't have enough clout to do that. You're Microsoft, sure, but you're not Microsoft in the movie industry. No, you're Microsoft in the video game industry, and no, and like... <sighs> Granted, fans were begging for this, but as a whole, there wasn't that kind of demand for it. No, you have you have such a small pool you're going to pull from from an audience anyway. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. And I think my favorite part is that they would hire actors dressed up as Master Chief to just sit in the corner at meetings with these studios just to be like, look, look how cool that would be. Like, imagine being the guy. Who just sat there in the corner and was just humming the whole entire time during this, this meeting with Hollywood execs. Like, like, it would be absolutely crazy. And Microsoft was also trying to get more money for the movie than any of the Harry Potter movies at the time, which I think were some of the high, highest budgeted movies at the time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, pretty much coming out that were like almost coming out one after another, pulling in huge audiences. Yeah, and they're like, we want more money than what these guys are getting. Like, we, we, want, like, a, no. we want a bigger budget than that. Somehow, though, Microsoft would land a deal with Fox. All right. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, sure, deal. Let's let's do it. And, yeah. And that, and let's that, let's I, roll the dice. And I remember them kind of releasing that, and that was going to be a big thing. Like, they're like, Halo Project, oh, they don't have a studio. Oh, it's Fox. Cool. And then you kind of got, like, talked about directors because originally Guillermo del Toro was going to be the director but that fell through pretty quickly so Neil Blomkamp I'm I'm not ignoring you but that fell through so Neil Blomkamp took over as director and Peter Jackson would be the producer which was more ideal considering Blomkamp was a huge fan of Halo yeah and I guess it was almost like he Neil was like Peter Jackson's protege like he was helping him come up 
As the wheels were turning for the production of the movie, Weta would create a fully drivable warthog, which is pretty sweet. And in one of the early meetings in New Zealand, which pretty much all discussions and meetings were in New Zealand, so... That's expensive. And it's pretty nice. I'm assuming since <laughs> Peter Jackson's like, I filmed Lord of the Rings here. I, 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 this is where I cook my this, meat this in a is, hobbit hole. This is where I live now. <laughs> so yeah, so when they were in that New Zealand meeting, a warthog drove by a conference room where Joe, Paul, and Peter were all meeting together. And surprised, Joe stopped the meeting to ask if a warthog just drove by. Peter tells him indeed it was, and that they should probably just stop what they were doing to go check it out. Yeah, so imagine the middle of a meeting all of a sudden you're, and you see a warthog, and they're just like, was that a warthog? And Peter Jackson's like, yeah, fuck this meeting. Let's go. Like, he was literally like, let's go check that out. Like, he, he just I mean, did, well. he didn't like, tell them. They just drove just by. See what it is. Curtis Creamer ended up driving it into a building. Yeah, and I, I remember them talking about how it was... It wasn't front wheel or it was, it was uh, whenever the, the wheels turn, all four would turn. Mm-hmm. So when you go to turn right, all the wheels would. And he he didn't know that's how it was. Like it was true to the game. He so thought he, it was more like a car. Mm-hmm. Like so just he just front wheel drive. He just went hard into a wall with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So Joe Statton would visit New Zealand four times in one year to work with Peter and his writing team, writing scripts and working on the overall direction of the movie. During one of those trips, Joe and Ryan Howard, who was the Bungie studio head, were driving to meet with Peter, and it was agreed that they didn't think that the movie was actually going to get released. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even greenlit at the time, really. Like, they had, you know, the they had Fox and everything, but nothing was concrete. Yeah, they had pieces in the works, but they didn't seem like they could put any of the pieces together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, This was due to the fact that the script couldn't really be finalized like no one was really agreeing on anything it was hard to get 150 million dollar video game movie greenlit supposedly though a whole script was written by alex garland and eventually it was leaked Mm -hmm. i can't find it though i'm sure it's out there somewhere but i did some digging i tried to follow some links i even went on the time machine or the wayback machine and i couldn't really find it Now, Neil was trying to make a different version of the Halo movie than what everyone expected. He was lending it to more of a cyberpunk feel and would potentially not stay faithful to the core of a Halo game. Even though Fox disliked this and they were like, that's not going to work. You're going to piss off Bungie. Supposedly, Bungie was all for it. They're Mm -hmm. like, give it a different direction, whatever, because, again, they have chronicles going on which is not a halo game at all when you think of the gameplay you're Mm -hmm. essentially just a living missile yeah it almost (laughs) sounds in vain of like a lot of the playstation games what was the one game playstation game infamous it Mm -hmm. sounded in vain of that almost like they were seeing those kind kind of of infamous and prototype Mm -hmm. yeah like those games coming out and they're like let's kind of do something like that but even though fox disliked it he was still trying to go with it anyways. But by the end of it, Microsoft was wanting a lot more of the cut from the profit of the movie. They were like, we need X amount of percent. But overall, this was complicating things so much because in this typical situation, like the video game studio isn't going to get that much of it. Because you got to think, it's not just between Fox and Microsoft. You got to think about everyone else Wingnut, Peter Jackson, Neil, everybody everyone has to get a the, cut of this. Yeah, everyone who's working on that production has to mm-hmm. go into it. It's not like with Bungie where they have the full in-house doing it mm-hmm. with a cut going to Microsoft. It's like, okay, 
Thanks for the IP. I appreciate you coming down to check out this Warthog we crashed. Yeah, you get like 4%. Yeah, like like such a small amount. And eventually this would lead to the project losing funding entirely. Eventually they're just like, nope, nope, we're pulling out. Yeah. So the Halo movie was finally shut down. And the props and test shots used for it were eventually used for Halo Landfall. That amazing cinema campaign not mm-hmm. campaign but cinema like marketing campaign they mm-hmm. had yeah and we talked about it in halo 3 so go listen to that get a little bit more of insight for that the overall idea of halo chronicles would be used for neil's movie district 9 where the main character vickis von demerve played by charlto copley would eventually turn into an alien after coming in contact with an alien fluid Props from the Halo movie were also reused for District 9. Which is kind of cool. It is. Like, you can see a helmet, and I think even a BR makes Mm -hmm. a way in there. There's also a warthog in the background just fucking people up, and Master Chief eventually comes in. No, no. That that part's not true. Those are deleted scenes. (laughs) But yeah, so Joe Statton had trouble seeing District 9, considering it used his plot from Halo Chronicles. Which is shitty. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, so shitty. It sucks because that's kind of the reality of how a lot of things break down. But District 9, great movie. I loved that movie. Mm -hmm. The ending of that movie made me sad when you see the alien making the flower. I was like, no. It's it's so sad. And it's it's just interesting because obviously it's it's a different ploy on like classes and races and like plenty of other things Mm -hmm. with that, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. Sad to see it ripped off, but still a great movie. And it's always like so interesting to me because. I can only imagine if the Halo movie got greenlit because the the production, the computer animation and all that and the graphics for District 9 were phenomenal. Like, it was a well-done movie. I love that movie. It's yeah. such a good movie. I, 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 tough seeing it in Halo. I, I'd see something now where you have CG is such top of its game right now and people understanding lighting and animation and just how things and skin move. I think it like right now would look awesome. Like even looking at Titanfall two, seeing some like those facial animations, I liked it. Just it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, you know, unfortunately, we only have really two Halo movies that kind of have fallen short. Really, I know Forward Onto Dawn is a little more popular, but I mm-hmm. I don't think anyone liked Nightfall at all. I certainly didn't. Yeah, at least it's made. Once again, like like with this Halo thing, like at least it's made. Yeah. At least it came out. At least it's a property that's kind of gives you a little taste of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move on to the final part is what did we think overall of these potential games and which one would we have wanted to play? I think a lot of these are very much okay being canceled. Like if mm-hmm. from, if you get all the details like like we have and you get to see infighting and you see budgetary restraints and you see kind of like a he said, she said thing, mm-hmm. it makes sense of why these failed. For me, one game that I would love to see is a portable Halo game. Bringing yeah. back that idea of the DS, possibly on the Switch. I mean, we've seen games that are pretty robust that have been slightly downgraded to it, like Doom. You've got Witcher 3. You've got these huge epic titles that have made their way, and sure, they've had a downgrade with it. I mean, you're working on a smaller processor that's not a full console. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. But you still have the ability to do it. There's still an online aspect to Switch. And and sure, it's it's Nintendo, and their online's weird, and it's dumb to try and add friends, and it would be tough, but I'd love to play it on the go. I'd love to Mm -hmm. have like a little bit of Master Chief in my pocket. (laughs) <laughs> my giant my giant pockets that I'm so, sticking so, my switch so in. So that's the one that you think you would want to see. I think so. I like the MMO would be cool, 
No, it wouldn't. It would be interesting. And Destiny tried it and has made something of it. I never got an MMO feel from Destiny, though. That's the thing. I never really got that feel. You didn't get the massive multiplayer, online multiplayer? Well, I just only stuck to the campaign. I did the campaign, and then there was that hub area where you could interact with other players, but... For the most part, I, then again, oh, okay. I don't I don't play MMOs usually anyway. So Destiny Two, you pretty much interact with. Everybody. I never I never played Destiny Two. Yeah, so I will Des- say that Destiny Two, you pretty much interact with everybody constantly. Um, mm-hmm. You join into fire teams, but you pretty much see everybody in the world and in your hub place and ships. Okay, and whatnot. okay. So it was, it was still an, an MMO aspect to it, more of an yeah. RPG than anything. But as for like an MMO, it tried. It tried, yeah. Unfortunately, but yeah. So I, I guess for me, I, I, I watching the playthrough of Hagar, I thought it just looked really fun, and I said mindless almost. I think that's the one that I would want to see come from this, if anything. Like I played a few of the the Lego game, Lego Star Wars games, growing up, and I had a lot of fun with those, and I just love the idea of just running around and collecting bricks and making a turret, you know, like that, that seems like a fun as hell idea. And even if you go and watch the demo, like something that stuck out to me was the sound design for that game. Mm-hmm. It sounded phenomenal. Like I, I was thinking to myself, like what if they had more time? Like what if this was on Xbox one? Like the graphics would be upgraded along with, you know, what else could they nuance and throw in there that we wouldn't know of? And I think it's tough too, because I mean, look at, how laughable Pop's Gears of War is. Yeah. This, this would honestly be the first... How do you really feel, Alex? How do you well, really feel? I think it's dumb. <laughs> but I think in reality, it's tough to take an M-rated shoot-shoot, kill-kill property mm-hmm. and make it cheeky fun. Well, then you could just make the argument, though. I mean, like, Pops are really doing a lot of things. So I think it kind of makes sense that they're going to eventually get their hands on a game. Now, as you said, but uh, an M-rated game? Yeah, I mean, same thing with Legos. Like, have we seen an M-rated Lego game yet? No, there there will never be. No, I mean, you've had R-rated movies, but they've been... Are they R-rated or just teen? For Star Wars, Indiana Jones, I guess they're all teen. I think they're just teen. Indiana Jones and Star Wars, yeah, no. Those are... Indiana yeah. Jones, yeah, I grew up watching mature Indiana concepts Jones, and yeah. death and stuff like that, but not to the point of being like a gory game. No, like Gears. no, yeah, it's it's much more like heartedness and kind of comedic. It's not chainsaws to an alien's chest and face, exactly. So, so it's, I missed that episode in Indiana Jones. So, yeah, that's actually the sixth uh, and a half episode. Oh, uh, the one they're coming out with here, soon? exactly. Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, though, like, toning it down. Halo, though, I wouldn't see as the same level. Like, clearly, like, Gears of War is very, very bloody and gory, and that's always kind of been their stick. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fact that I, you know, Halo isn't really that gory. I'm surprised that it has that the ratings that they get sometime like people are like this is more of a mature game like is it though like you barely What's, see blood yeah that's kind of the whole thing is like if there's if there's blood at all it implies gruesome death i believe that's what it is mm-hmm. even though it's like just really bad microsoft paint on the ground yeah like for the most splatters. Part. but yeah i think i would love again i would love to see that i think there would have been potential even to do more with it you know even be able to just have like imagine a f- a Forge World and a Mega Bloks game where it's literally like, just play, play, play with this shit. Honestly, like, let's get a Halo Minecraft crossover then. Yeah, I, I could see that. I I ain't playing no Roblox. 
Oh, well, first of all, Legos are superior. Sorry, people. I, I'm Ooh, your Lego game, though? Already down the hole. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> True. But, but, but overall, you see what I mean when, like, that's why I like the Spartan Assault and Strike games because it 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 looks honestly when you when you play those games it almost looks like a a top down view of Hagar. It's very simple, and you can just play it and kind of have fun, learn a little bit more about the Halo universe, and and those are canonical. Mm-hmm. I know that 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 Mega Bloks game would not have been canonical for sure because. Nowhere in the lore does Chief play with Megablocks well, or build turrets with Megablocks? True. I mean, and that's, I think that's where you have to have your break is like, where do we start allowing the IPs to separate and get out of here? You know, or uh, with the Halo TV show. Well, yes. <laughs> but it's kind of those things. <clears throat> I'm, you know, I'm a project that was almost canceled, but made its way through was, I mean, some of the original Halo comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I would say if we wanted to see another property come forward, is to keep seeing a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I think. And this is not even tied to our canceled projects, but just it's things like those that you're probably having a lot of those that got scrapped, ideas mm-hmm. were moved around, and I would love to see a lot more visual novels come out for it. Yeah, I mean, to be a fly on the wall, you know, to to hear of these other concepts that they've dabbled with because, you know, Chronicles was almost a thing, and I think that was a, a weird time where... As I said, they were trying to to look at like infamous and mm-hmm. prototype and say, well, we should do something like that where your hands are your weapon. You transform and, uh-huh. and you have different abilities that kind of make you do this thing. And and yeah, it was kind of that that new age, new tech that kind of came out that allowed you to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever it got canceled, I I think that kind of kicked Bungie in the ass, and that's when they went back to something like Halo Three ODST mm-hmm. because they thought to themselves, oh well. I guess let's just do what we have. But plus that, that kind of explains why Halo 3 ODST was done in the time frame it was is yeah. because, you know, Bungie was getting out. And so they were literally like, oh, perfect. This game just fell through. Like, sweet. We only have to do, you know, again, at the time they were just calling it Halo 4. Like, we just have to do Halo 4 because Halo Reach or Halo 3 is already pretty much done. And that's when Microsoft's mm-hmm. like. Uh, no, you said three, so yeah. we're getting three. Yeah, regardless of cancellations, you're still doing three. Which kind of surprised me that they thought they were off the hook, because when you have a they, contract they, that says three... They worked on something that goes, oh, it's canceled. That's one done. Oh, we don't want to do it anymore. But yeah. but I, I could see both sides. I could see why Bungie... I mean, they were wanting to get away from Microsoft, because you know, they at the end of the day, Bungie started as what as what marty called it was just basically looked like a college dorm there were mm-hmm. literally socks just thrown around yeah and he was the only guy that dressed up in a button-up essentially you know and i think that they still had that mentality you know clearly now bungie is a a multi-million dollar company so you know times have changed like even you know joking with we were talking with eric about it whenever i was like you know compared bungie to some anti-establishment punk kid that eventually went to college and got a desk job yeah so i could see why you know at the time that they were they were still trying to push back from microsoft and get out of there but then things changed but you know for the better or for the worse we did get halo 3 odst out of the cancellation of chronicles hearing about chronicles it just it doesn't sound like a game i would have liked because i don't like those games like infamous or prototype like to me that's it's just really monotonous gameplay and it's it's almost it's 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 like if you took Hagar, but you had to put a lot more thought and skill into it. That's what I get out of it. Okay, yeah. I mean, and and thinking of too is like we got Landfall, 
mm-hmm. you know, out of the canceled movies. So it's like, yeah, there's still aspects we saw of everything, maybe the best of them, <laughs> you yeah. know, in, in an essence. But I think for the most part, it, it sucks. It happens. I mean, every studio has these type of things. Have we gotten great stuff? Otherwise, yeah, for sure. Which, I mean, then again, you can make the argument, you see Landfall, and you're like, well, that was the potential of what we were going to get. Like, Yeah, but do I really man. want Do I really want an hour and a half of that? Well, clearly they would have had some slower moments. Oh, it would have been rough. There's a huge what if it thing. It would have been rough. Maybe we'll do the occasional what if episode talking about what if Halo 2 was complete? What if we got a Halo movie? Then what? <laughs> what if Halo 2 was complete? Yes. Well, you know what? what if Halo the... 2 was a game that was done? What if well, Halo 3 was a game that was done? I mean, technically done? it wasn't finished story-wise. That's true. Both of them. That's what I meant. The Kind of that idea of like, what if Halo 2 had its full story that it wanted to tell? Things I see like what that, you're saying. Yeah. And, I see. Yeah. I just don't know how to phrase things. You should know this. Oh, I know. But yeah, that being said, if you're still with us, that was canceled Halo Projects. Yeah. So it's been a fun one. It was mm-hmm. a fun one to research. And so this one was voted upon by our patrons, mm-hmm. patrons, patrons, people who come to our bar and buy drinks. <laughs> yes. You know how it is. Our finish the fight bar. Yeah. For our, our, our grog den, as some say. Uh, so yeah. So so it's been fun. So if, if you want to vote on the next one, go ahead and sign up uh, as a patron. Mm-hmm. You get some other cool stuff with it, which is pretty fantastic, including access to things like our episode notes. Mm-hmm. You get some really cool swag, depending on which tier you sign up with. Mm-hmm. You get plenty of other updates with us. We're on Discord with you. Post shows. Post shows. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, plenty of that stuff. So I want to take this moment to go ahead and thank those patrons that we have right now. MVPs. The MIVPs. And or the M versus piece, <laughs> as you guys probably will never hear, but that was a great Jesse flub with it. Fuck you. Uh, um, and we've got Sean O'Keefe, Tactics, Angry Canadian, Baby Z, Charles Zitter, Francis, Skyjack, Slam Duncan 87, Vexter, and Harvey Chong. You guys are beautiful, amazing. You make this content happen. These are some of the awesome patrons who voted for this. We've got some more content that they're voting on for December, which is when you guys are hearing this episode. So they're they're voting on the public January the pub, episode. The public Jan, as we you know, as we throw mm-hmm. it in the public Jan. And I think we have it figured out. So it's going to be like first thing January. It's going to be a cool episode. Can't spoil it. Yeah. That'd be a fun one. Um, so yeah, so just want to thank you guys for that. Also to let you guys know that we still have our cool store. We should be getting some really cool merch coming up throughout the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some neat ideas on quote unquote throwback things and some other random stuff that Jesse and I are coming up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. <laughs>